I've been knowing you for some while. That's true. And you've always had a tinkling of soul. Every day I, I try to describe soul. Maybe you mm -hmm. can hum eight bars of what soul represents. Let me start this thing up proper. Ready? Ooh! New intro. Temporary intro. I like it. It's got a couple of dimensions going on. <laughs> One, most noteworthy. Yeah. That we're back. Yes. We are back. We are back in action. Yeah. Live like it. radio. It is May 18th, 2023. Live from New York, Anna. Live from Brooklyn. Radio Free That's Brooklyn. Right. Radio Free Brooklyn. But we're also back. We're also back in that we are back in the top slot of talk radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes, baby. So we are celebrating as well the fact that we are the number one program in talk radio on Radio Free Brooklyn the last two months of documented data amazing and so uh where's the party the party is happening as we speak you're there you're part of the party i'm part of the party and we have two other people joining us as part of the party amazing that's a full party it's kind of overwhelming i've gone from no preparation for five weeks to preparing for four microphones at least one phone call. Oh, wow. Hopefully we get phone calls from the listeners of the author. And uh, I'll tell you about him in a moment. But we've got a guest today. And uh, we're ready to get started. Boom. Get up and get your ass in the 
We could just dive in. It's got an action-packed show, supposedly. Why wait? Why wait? That is the question. Why bother waiting? Uh, I haven't seen you in a few weeks. Yeah. I think it's been a few weeks, literally three now. I think it feels like a month. I've missed you dearly. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's been only two weeks. Two. Oh, maybe it's coming three. I've been so tired. Yeah. I think it's two and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I have been tired. I've been waking up. I'm still catching up on my sleep. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Uh, So for those that last spoke with us on the program, we've been broadcasting replays for the past five weeks. Uh, because uh, all of us have been preoccupied with our lives. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But nobody, nobody has been more preoccupied with their life for all of the right reasons than Ricardo. Yes. Married man. I got married. And and, 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 and I'm Eric. (laughs) You too, Eric. He just wanted to steal the thunder, a.k.a. Kevin is figuring out what buttons to push because it's been a little while. <laughs> yes, we got new toys, everyone. We've got some new toys. We did upgrade the system while we were away as well. But uh, but yeah, you're a married man. Yes. How, life, does, how does it feel? Life feels different. Yeah? All of a sudden, I'm in a new person. I love it. <laughs> I bet you do feel different. I I felt different witnessing you feeling different. Oh, man. I think that day, everybody that hasn't seen me drunk, partying, I'm sure it was a little shocking. Oh, no. Honestly, I, <laughs> I, had, no, I had no thoughts about any substances when I looked at you. <laughs> All I thought about was, is, wow, every time I look at Ricardo, I've never seen such a genuine big smile. I, that's right. And, that's right. And I love you, buddy. We've known each other for a while. <laughs> and... It gave me so much joy to just be uh, a fly on the wall from far yeah. away <laughs> and just like watch you be happy for a weekend. And I bumped into yeah. you in a park. You oh, know? yeah. That Seren- was cool too. Serendipitously, I bumped into you in yeah. a park. You know, like we got to yeah. hang out on a rooftop before your, yes. two rooftops before your wedding, you know? Yeah. Um, we were in, uh, we were in Mexico City. Yeah. And we had a grand time, and you were the happiest man in all of the land. Yeah. It gave me great pleasure. Um, and uh, and I want to do a little walk down memory lane, if that's okay, <laughs> while we celebrate you. Uh, let's start with, let's start here. Let's see if you, let's see if you remember this. Nope, not that. <laughs> I remember the clubs. <laughs> This is before your ceremony. Yeah. I was recording the... Dude, you're going to make me cry. I'm going to try to make you cry. I That's exactly cried what I'm doing. When I heard that, dude. <laughs> when I heard it, because, I mean, I, I think to me it's a happy song. Yeah. No, it is a happy but song. But then when I walked in with the violins and everything, it kind of sounds a little sad. And then I'm walking in with my mom. 
to give you all a context, uh, we got married in a small church in Mexico City. So uh, we'd, you know, it was a little like, uh, I guess, traditional in a in a way. You sure? And we kind of like that. We are. That's not what we were thinking originally. But anyways, so I'm walking with my mom. I hear that song, and I'm like, "Damn, it sounds sadder than I thought." And then I see everyone, like all my friends, my family, everyone that traveled to Mexico. Yeah. I just, it was hard to like I bet. keep it together. Oh my God. I had to like bite my, um, bit my lips. By the way, I asked you in advance if we could talk about this. So yeah. I hope that this uh, is okay. Yeah. I hope so far. I we're think it was. So far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, yeah, no, you, you were, you were, you were like a beautiful shining star of <laughs> happiness. Every moment yeah. that I looked at you, you were happy. Um, if you thought that I was qualified to make you cry, I do think that I'm uniquely qualified to try. <laughs> um, whether I succeed or not is dependent upon circumstance. But um, does this one, is this one, is this song familiar to you? It was written that I you, heard, you heard this one before? Yes. <laughs> you want to tell the listeners where this one comes from? Yeah, we we did a little dancing together. A little first dance? Yeah, first dance. Um, did a little first dance to a little Paul McCartney. Yes, a little Paul McCartney. And you had a little Beatles music at the ceremony. Yeah, well, I'm a big Beatles fan. I didn't know that about you, and I know you so well. Yes. I had no idea. We had, um, in total, we had three. We had a George Harrison song. Yeah. At the end of the yeah. ceremony. Yeah, you did. And then we danced to this. But I do have to say, I didn't impose it. It was my now wife who um, heard this song. And I was like, oh, what? what is this song? I like it. And we by then, we hadn't chose... Um, we didn't have a song to dance to. Uh, so she's like, what about this one? I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> I don't want it to be too much about oh, it was like, beautiful. Beatles. But I think it was no, it so was, nice too. It was awesome. It was awesome. Uh yeah what a beautiful moment i'm gonna i'm gonna just soak okay, this in for a moment up. yeah i'm gonna <laughs> let you get choked up let's enjoy this ricardo's getting choked up everybody <laughs> first dance yeah long live all of us crazy soldiers who were born under calico skies may we never be gone if you're worried about getting too choked up i can do things like this weapons of war we despise <laughs> wait was that recorded <laughs> little cat samples did you know this song by the way when he was playing i did not i had to look it up favorite part at the end when he does it three times <laughs> yeah. for the rest of my for the rest of my it's also perfect though when you're dancing you know that it's about to end you don't have yeah. to do extra <laughs> well you have to do the you have to do the last which move I did. of the dance yeah. who knew it came handy yeah. thanks you, paul mccartney you are an expert <laughs> Uh, it was a beautiful ceremony uh, thanks man uh, thanks for coming it made me so happy to see you happy and uh, and the last thing 
before I'm done torturing you <laughs> that I wanted to say about the ceremony um, because it's true that nothing crazy happened. Everyone was very well behaved. The crowd was tame. Nobody broke any glasses. Nobody got in a fight. No. It was a great, it was a very respectable ceremony. Yeah. Uh, the craziest thing anybody did was <laughs> apparently a tradition that you do where you pour tequila in everyone's mouths. Yeah, which came out, I don't think it came out well. That was the only thing that I think it went now. Uh, I thought it went really well. <laughs> like that? Yeah, so so in, in, in Mexico, I guess this is a Mexican tradition. Yeah, but the, what happened is that you used to, you should like be, because I think we did it last later well you're so, supposed to formulate so for the listeners so yeah. you and your you and your wife yes stood on chairs yeah uh and held full bottles of tequila and basically kind of like a um what what is it the thing that you go under the I don't know how to call it. I don't know what it is either. Uh, yeah, so yeah. basically like a bunch of people like went under like a train yeah. kind yeah, yeah, of, train, like a line a train, of people yeah. and you're just pouring, <laughs> pouring this <laughs> bottle of tequila down everyone's throat. Yeah, but I think I think a lot of people were like, they loved looking at it. So we had a lot of audience, but not that many people wanted to um, uh, yeah. kind of participate. I did not participate. <laughs> 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 I, I videotaped it, yeah, and I <laughs> I stood I yeah. stood from afar. We have I, a lot of good photos and videos of that. Your brother, I think, went two or three times, and yeah, I thought that exactly. he was a badass for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, very handsome, might I add. Your brother's uh, very handsome. I, I heard that throughout the night, and I'd like to get that on record. Just, yes, just for the record, he broke a lot of hearts. That he, he's a handsome he devil. A lot of hearts. Um, but so the uh, the dancing of your first dance to Paul McCartney was mm -hmm. one highlight of mine. But I am going to take a music break and we're going to play a full song. Oh. Uh, and we're, we'll chat and we'll laugh and it's not going to make you emotional. <laughs> the, okay. the, the thing that will make you emotional will be more the, the build-up of it. Okay. Uh, it's a fun song and okay. playful song. And I hope that the listeners uh, enjoy uh dancing along to Whitney Houston. Ah uh, yes. Who but the most magical moment to me in your wedding of the whole ceremony in all sincerity mm -hmm. was this beautiful moment where this song that I'm about to play oh. came on and you grabbed your mother's hand <laughs> and you brought her <laughs> to your mother-in-law. Oh. Okay. And your two and the two mothers danced in this beautiful beautiful oh, moment wow, okay i don't remember this part it was it was heavenly and okay. and i just thought like well well done you are all one big happy family now okay and you did the right thing by bringing everybody together uh and so um i have a couple of other songs that are mexico city related in terms of the experience that i had with our mutual friend that was there yeah i also want to hear a little bit and I'll tell yeah I'll tell you all about it but uh but I wanted to I wanted to at least just tell you how much it meant to me to be there mm -hmm. how happy happy I was to see you happy and sincerely my favorite moment and maybe maybe I'm picking the wrong moment I don't know you could pick so many but seeing the mothers come together in this like beautiful like family moment uh moved me very much 
Um, so here you go, everybody. This is Ricardo had the wisdom <laughs> to grab two moms, put them hand in hand, and let them dance to this one. So what a beautiful family moment. Let's all dance together, shall we? I'm feeling it. Yeah. You're feeling it? Yes. You're not going to cry. No, no, no. <laughs>
You did such a good job bringing those parents together. I mean, who, how could you not dance to this song? Yeah. I saw some some child dancing and lip-singing <laughs> lip to Like a Virgin. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole different story. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he knows all the words. That's cool. <laughs> I'm guessing that word has a different meaning for it. Yeah, you know. yeah. I don't, know, I, don't think, I don't think he knew what he was talking about, quite frankly. <laughs> but no, Mexico City was cool. We were in La Condesa. Yeah. You said at an Airbnb. I stayed in an Airbnb. My yeah. friends stayed in a nice hotel like a block away from me. Yeah. And I would just go hang out on their roof when I'd get bored if they because so the thing is, is so <laughs> I heard some stories oh good <laughs> I, we should compare notes right now in real time <laughs> uh, they had a good full packed agenda and yeah. I was a little self conscious of wanting to not be like the third wheel even though I love them <laughs> and they love me and yeah. I think they probably would have accepted me as the third wheel yeah but I also do love uh, walking around random. Yeah, that's, I think that's the best way to enjoy a city. So I decided to just do the random thing for the yeah. most part for most of the days. Um, they were very sweet. They they had full-packed agendas. And in in advance, all of the plans that they made when they made dinner reservations or lunch reservations, they made, made reservations for three. For three. Like they're <laughs> the, like the sweetest people in the nice. world. And the best meals that I had uh, when I was away from the wedding party times were yeah. with them. You know, yeah. like when I when I was wandering and I was just improvising on my food. I you did, like that? I didn't eat as well as I did when <laughs> I ate with them. Oh, okay. I had fun, but I but I ate like a champion when I was with the other two. Yeah, that um, was nice. Uh, I, I mean, you mentioned it before, but I was hanging out with um, my wife's family. We were at a park. Yeah that we took her baby and all of a sudden I turn and Kevin is like walking around in the park like like he's staring at my phone in the city. <laughs> no you were just like enjoying it you're not staring at your like phone like listening to my headphones <laughs> just walking like I'm walking in Brooklyn and I'm like look yeah I just bumped into Kevin like if we were just in Brooklyn it's <laughs> nice and it was great too because you're like where are you going and I'm like I don't know <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> yeah yeah that was nice. It was great. I I loved I loved the time that I had there. I the thing the thing from the perspective of Mexico City, the thing that amazed me the most was uh was the fruit. No. Oh. And the dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah. So many dogs, huh? It's not not just the volume of dogs, but the behavior. Yeah. They were uh unleashed. Almost all of them were off of a leash. 
but they were just like walking next to their owner almost as though they were like walking next to their friend you know <laughs> and so everybody was lockstep like doing what they were supposed to do yeah um i took a photograph of a dog trainer yeah with maybe like 40 dogs <laughs> <laughs> yeah sitting yes unleashed un unleashed <laughs> they could run in any direction or in yeah. every direction and not small dogs we have to it was incredible they were like dogs of all sizes but the most there were some big dogs the most well-behaved dogs of all sizes it was yeah. incredible um so I had a great time. Um, we're going to play some more songs from that great time as we move along. But I do want to... Hmm. I do want to talk about the party, the Radio Free Brooklyn party, but maybe I think we've got a little bit of time. We've got a guest coming in at 6 o'clock. Amazing. Coming soon. We've got a guest coming in 30 minutes. Uh, he wrote an, a book. It's called An Asshole's Guide to Everyday Living. Good title. Uh, Jimmy. He goes, it's James on the book. I don't know if I should call him James or Jimmy. Yeah, maybe we should call him by his full name. I'm and just going to, I'm going to ask him. Dr. James. I'm going <laughs> to, well, here's what I'll say is I've met him before and we, 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 we referred to each other as Kevin and jimmy okay so i'm just gonna lean into the jimmy thing okay but i love this guy i think he's very entertaining okay and he wrote a book called the asshole's guide to everyday living and i'm excited to have him on the program today so uh he'll be joining us at six o'clock i've got a lot of earmarks that i have made in his book uh you can buy it everywhere that you get books in all of the formats, <laughs> paper and digital. And uh, and he'll be here at uh, 6 o'clock. So before that, I want to talk about the Radio Free Brooklyn little party. But the before we do that, I'm going to play a little double header. And just... F I don't know if I'm actually going to play this one from all the way. I think I'm not. But here's what I want to do. I want to ask you a question. There was, uh, I was looking at, um, I was looking at the concerts that were, concerts that were happening in Mexico City while I was there. Oh. And one of them was this guy right here. You know this guy? Rod Stewart. He was playing in Mexico City? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big concert. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Wow. But so the thing, so for those of you that don't know much about geography, uh, Mexico City is at a very high elevation. Yeah. Very high elevation. Did you feel it? I did. And so the only reason I'm playing this is because I wrote a note to myself. And let me find it real quick. Hold on. <laughs> to be exact. Hold on, The hold elevation on. is 7,000 feet. 7,000 feet, wow. Yeah, now I wrote a note to myself uh, while I was in Mexico. I really ruffled these pages. Uh, yeah, here's what it says. 
The note says, does Rod Stewart get winded in Mexico City when singing <laughs> in such high elevation? <laughs> it's a reasonable question, I think. Yeah. I was very winded at times. Yeah? How, what, what were the symptoms? What, and what, sure. by when? By when did you start having those symptoms? Uh, just in like regular, just sitting at a table, I felt a little short of breath sometimes. Okay. Uh, I felt a little tingle sometimes. Oh, really? First yeah. day? Uh, yeah. Okay. First day. Yeah. Feel a little tingle, you know, which yeah. is like blood circulation related, <laughs> I guess. Yes. <laughs> and I thought, wow, Rod Stewart, he's an old <laughs> dude. <laughs> he's got to like sing and <laughs> like. Yeah, and what's, you were concerned with Mister. Um, I was worried about him. Is he a sir? He's a sir. Okay. I think. Sense. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah, let's call him the sir. <laughs> okay, is, sir. You can own stuff when you're on the radio. <laughs> We can just lean into it. But but like Mick Jagger is definitely a sir, and not only is he a sir, but he moves his hips. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how he trains to perform in Mexico City if he's just passing through. Seven thousand feet, you say? Yeah, it's not trivial. That's crazy. I felt it. Yeah, I felt it. I grew up there, and I still feel it. You do? Yeah. What are your symptoms? Are mine tired? Tired. Around like six. You're just walking around around six or seven. I'm like, I'm exhausted. Mm. And I, I honestly, I mean, because I, I grew up there. So I never, I never thought I felt it. And then I haven't been living. I've been living in the States for over 20 years now. So then I started to get tired. I'm like, but I walk as much in New York. What's happening to me? It's the And elevation. Like, oh, so this is what people talk about. It's real. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's real. Seven thousand feet so, every day. Rod Stewart, you're a trooper. Well, he's doubling his vocals. I can. <laughs> I can hear that now. We hope you're okay, sir. Anyway, did you uh, consider going uh, to the concert? No. I made jokes about it, and I enjoyed making jokes about it. <laughs> the other thing that I learned that I enjoyed uh, was is that our mutual friends and I share uh, like a silent love uh, for this yeah. song. <laughs> I, I like it. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm only talking over it because I feel like he doesn't need the yeah. the listeners. Yeah, no. But uh, but yeah, I I've. I kind of am a, I've realized I'm a sucker for Harry Styles over yeah. over the course of the trip in Mexico City, so I'm not even going to play it. <clears throat> but uh, but we did learn that. Uh, let me go ahead and close the books on the Mexico City uh, chapter of the show today by playing another song that was at the ceremony while we were sitting down at our tables. Uh, this one is an old jam from 20 or 1997, maybe. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Let's see. I could give you the exact year, I suppose. It was one of our must-haves. 1995. Uh, so this is uh, from 1995, but the song is called 1997. 
So here you go. 1979. 1979. What did I say? 1997. <laughs> God help us all. Here you go. Thank you. And Radio Free Brooklyn. Oh, it's good when a song starts off quiet and you're trying to talk it in very heavily. God damn it.
a radio song. It's such a great radio song. They they gotta they gotta figure out how to start it more radio friendly. <laughs> yeah. This here's the start. Like yeah. This dead air. Yeah. Little moment. It should start right there. There needs to be a radio cut for that. Yeah. But that's on me. Also, I'm a radio professional, and I should do my job. Pull the right clip. But uh, that's a jam, for sure. Whoa, Circa. So you want to know what's going to happen soon that's going to be fun that I want you to be a part of? Oh, yes, I want to know. Uh, Circa. Spill the bins. Circa is Darren. Circa, yeah. it, Circa is the music that we always play in the background yeah. on the show. And circa, the soundtrack of this the sa- the heartbeat of the yeah. show for sure uh, but it's also a shame to even pigeonhole it that in that way because yeah. it's just independently excellent instrumental music mm-hmm. that nobody should talk on top of <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a real joy it's a real joy that he tolerates that we do um, what's happening but he's coming he's he's releasing new music soon darren okay. that that is the darren that is circa but for those that have listened to the program for a long time also know that darren used to be a contributor to the show yeah the big one and so the angle that i'm trying to pull is that i want to use Darren's music as a vehicle to get him back on the program as a one-off. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate his accomplishments yeah. and remind all of the listeners to listen to Circa, which definitely needs to happen. Please do, everyone. So first of all, listen to Circa. Yeah. Let's get that out of the way. But uh, the new music is very good. We've discussed it in the past. But so I want to get him on the program and my aspirational dream is to use that as a mechanism to get the old cast back on so we can get like a little reunion show. That sounds like a good idea. That involves a reintroduction of like the whole family. Okay. And so uh, I want you there. I want Jason there. I want Darren there. I want Pauline there. And I want Spicy Dave there. And if I could somehow broker this whole situation <laughs> and figure out how to get everybody on mic and be well behaved on mic <laughs> well behaved i don't know have you started the conversations no 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 okay this is i'm starting it right now step w- yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i'm down yeah can't wait it's gonna be awesome i'll bring the tequilas i know i can get darren okay and i know i can get you who's the the one we should be like jason twisting the arm is he here I don't know where he is. I thought he was going to be in Mexico, by the way. He was supposed to be... Yeah, yeah, right? I th- I thought he was supposed to be on the program today, quite frankly. Jason. But he has gone dark on me again. Okay. All <laughs> right. Well, we learned not to, like, push those buttons. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But? But it is what it is. Uh, let me read some ads. I guess we got to do that at some point. Okay. I know. That's how I feel as well, but it's part of the job. Hold on. Uh, which one do I want to add? Read. Uh, let's see what this one says. Oh, that's a good idea. 
I'm a cat. I can say whatever the fuck I want. The Daily Echo broadcasts live every Thursday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Right here. On Radio Free Brooklyn. Alright, well that was about my show, Hi, so it's fine. It's me, Eric. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Also, we have a revenue stream from tote bags and coffee mugs. As it was for many, 2020 was a difficult year for us financially. 2021 was a lot better, but still it would be helpful because it was not the best year in all of the land. I'm just trying to be real with you here. Bear with us. Also every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. You should all see the work Kevin does for the community. He buys his friends tote bags or Jason steals them and says they're wonderful. Please help by pledging whatever you can. We are a non-profit organization, so all contributions are tax-deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. <laughs> Love it. Uh, let's see. So that is the recap of what we experienced uh let's see i did want to use the ads as a segue to mm-hmm. talk about my weekend briefly okay uh we've got a guest joining us in about 15 minutes okay it's coming up coming up hot uh this weekend radio free brooklyn had its eight-year anniversary <laughs> Or eight-year birthday, I guess. Yeah. Maybe is a better thing. Yeah, here we go. Or I could do this one. (laughs) Or I could do this one. So what happened? Did you go to the party? So I went to the party. Did you break some piñatas? I went to the party and I had two drinks and then I left. Oh, okay. I was not there very long. But I did get this name tag that you can see right here. Oh, I see it. I was going to ask you for that. It's very fancy. Pretty cool. Uh, All right. We have our next guest uh, arriving downstairs. So I'm going to let him up uh, in a moment. But but let me play a song first. What I was going to say is is that we, uh, we... I went to the Radio Free Brooklyn party... And it was great. Everyone was very nice to me. Yeah. Was there uh, a cake? There was. If there was a cake, I didn't see it. Okay. But everybody was doing different shifts, DJing, and it was at nice. like a cool bar in Bushwick, oh, and cool. I liked the vibe, and everyone was uh, happy. Okay. And uh, and the thing that made me the most excited is that when we joined the radio station, well, a few things made me excited actually. So we'll get to Jimmy in a moment. Uh, Jimmy's downstairs waiting, but Jimmy he's gonna wait. have to, he's gonna have to wait. <laughs> Got a radio show to put on here, <laughs> uh, so I will be there in a moment. But uh, what I wanted to say is that uh, the things that moved me were one: Rachel C. used to have a show after me, 
Yeah. And she also is the music director, and she is also the daily manager that oversees the programs that run on Thursdays. Mm. I have a show on Thursdays, so we well, are Rachel. we are connected. Yeah. And so it was very nice for me to be able to say to her, thank you for everything. You help make my world go round. Thank you, Rachel. And, and I meant it. And so thank you, Rachel. Uh, I did appreciate having the opportunity to say that to her. Um, I also appreciated the opportunity to play, to listen to, <laughs> to, listen to uh, Tom, Tom who runs the radio station and brought me on board. Tom uh, is the founder of the radio station. Uh, he played a song that was pretty amazing in the intro to his set that he played at the show. And I'm going to play that in a moment. Uh, and so that was a big highlight. And then the other one that's uh, easily, no offense to the other two, the biggest highlight of the, yeah. of the thing was uh, Alva. Alva has the show After Us Now. Yeah. Alva has a show called Vibe Architects. Mm-hmm. Alva is incredible. I want Alva to be on our show instead of her own show. Oh, she, Alva, is a she is a delight. I had so much fun talking to her. We gave each other a big hug. We had a fun chat. Mm -hmm. And the announcement that I have for you yeah. is that we're going to call her in the last 15 minutes of the program and then hand off our show to her Amazing. show. So, um, That's so, a good segue. So Alva is going to be on at the very end of the show today. And it was a delight to talk to her. We're coming, Alba. So we're coming. But first, we have to get ready to uh, introduce our next guest. So in the way of doing that, we are going to segue by playing the very first thing that was ever played on Radio Free Brooklyn. Mm. Literally the first sounds that what made their it? ways onto this broadcast stream are going to be played now. Uh, I didn't put this together. Tom did. Tom Teeley. The man of the hour. The, the, the brains of the operation. You're the man, Tom. Tom, you're the man. Thank you for everything. And thank you for sharing this with me. And now I'm going to share it with our collective audience. So here you go. Here's a song about the station, and it was the very first thing played on the station when it was founded, and it was the beginning of the set that Tom played at the party that you all missed out on this weekend. So here you go. This is not a test. System is coming online. System is coming online. We interrupt this program to bring you a special bulletin from Radio Free Listening for 
with some street sounds The subway shook, then stopped, I got knocked out Woke up hours later when I heard a wounded cop shout You okay? Yeah. Well, just hold tight then He disappeared into the dust, I never saw him again The tunnel was caving in, I made my way fumbling through the dark Tripping over debris and body parts Can't start panicking, ran up in the toll booth Tried to call for help, but then I learned the cold truth The phone was dead and so was the attendant But her radio was on and it said New York was gone Whoa, 
Seconds left. Don't worry, I have sound effects to make you feel very welcome. Uh oh. to the program so let's give uh, resoundings there we, there we calm down 
calm down. Everybody take it easy. James. Sir. May I call you Jimmy? You may. Please. I've I, always called you Jimmy. You have, and it's weird when friends I know call me James. How do you pronounce your last name? I have no fucking idea. Okay, good. I don't use last <laughs> names on this program, good. but I don't know if but I we should have because it you have a, a product to sell. You are selling a product. So it's, it's called. You want to take a stab at it? See how you do. No. <laughs> it's Pravacillus. Pravacillus. Yeah. Pravacillus. Sometimes pronounced Pravacillus, but Pravacillus is more appreciated. James Pravacillus wrote a book called The Asshole's Guide to Everyday Living, and that is what we are here to talk about today. Crowd, calm down, please. Thank you. It's because, I mean, we, we don't have the many guests in the show, so the crowd is, the crowd is very excited. It's rare that we have a guest on the program. Oh, I feel honored. Thank you. And very so, honored. Uh, we are, I, I should humble brag, that we are the number one talk show on the radio station. So be so, careful what you wow, say, Jamie. I'm actually so, yeah, so you look around in the room <laughs> and you think to yourself, is that a good thing or is that a bad yeah. thing? What, are, what am I dealing with here? Uh, I'd like to think that it's a respectable station. Me too. I can't vouch for sure because <laughs> they allow me to broadcast from home. I'm the one that's allowed to break the rules. I like it. We've got a badass setup here at home. You do. I like the frozen yogurt machine particularly, but yeah, the frozen yogurt machine is good. It uh, it's serving uh, frozen margaritas today. I hope that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Jimmy, yes, so, sir. So you wrote a book. I did. I want to talk to you about some things. Okay. I want to set the tone for everybody about you, and my ultimate goal is to sell books by telling people how interesting you are Thank and you. just kind of having fun for yeah i want to have fun minutes. i want to sell books because i want to live off my creativity so i can just fuck off for life and do fun shit basically the american dream good well so that's so he's looking for some passive income here yes sir and is this uh, your first book jimmy uh it is my first book you're right okay yeah okay. I, did. I write books i write scripts um and, uh, well, that's what I wanted okay. to point out is, is he's an actor, okay, he's a writer, and he's a musician, and Amazing. probably more than that, I would say you're a Renaissance man. But I like that. Yeah, I think I never give myself any kind of like title like that or anything that's like if I had to describe myself, I'm just somebody who's constantly looking to do something new and new and new. I can't. I don't have a shtick. So yeah, but the fact <coughs> that you that the fact that you've taught people to play guitar right, just yeah. means that you you're a good guitar player. Yeah, I mean, I went to music school. I graduated Manus College of Music like yeah. a long ass time ago. Yeah, that's 91. cool. Ninety one. So, so yeah, I took everything I do. I do as impactfully and as to the limit as I can, and then I move on to something, or I get inspired by something newer or different. So right. <clears throat> so you went to music school. Yeah. But you also. Uh, you grew so you grew up in public schools of Brooklyn, yeah. but you were also kicked out of two colleges. Yeah, I all was, in your book. I was asked to leave, <laughs> asked politely to leave. It's kind of awesome. I got the GFO. It's pretty awesome. To get the fuck out. Well, <laughs> it happens. Yeah, the, the uh, Brooklyn public school penitentiary system. Yeah, it happens. I 
uh, the, one of the things that I like about the fact that you mm-hmm. have a book that's called An Asshole's Guide to Everyday Living. Yeah, the Asshole's Guide. The Asshole's Guide. The title, Excuse me. These. Yeah, The Asshole's Guide is I'm an asshole's uh, recipient to the context. Okay. To the extent that I have this oh, tattoo here. See. Is that a brown eye? Is that the chocolate starfish? That is an asshole tattoo. <laughs> It's a chocolate starfish. I have a tattoo of an asshole on my arm. <laughs> in real life. I like that. As a reminder to myself to try to not be an asshole. Now, we'll get into it. Which is a thesis <clears throat> statement of my own. And right. so I'm giving you the opportunity to give yours. Well, I want to shift the paradigm of assholedom. Good. Please. Some people might ask, why did you write this book? And... It was around, it was in the height of 2020 with all the craziness, right? I was dating a girl. Excuse me, I got a call. <clears throat> my melodious voice. <clears throat> I cough all the time on the air. I just so do it right into the, the microphone. Oh, yeah, you just don't care. Let, break yeah. people's eardrums. Yeah. And I was complaining, as I do, like an asshole. <laughs> um, this girl I was dating, I saw everyone was starting to write books for, like on Amazon. Everyone was getting their little Amazon book out. And yeah. I mean everyone, because I guess nobody had anything better to do, right? I started a radio show. Right, you started a radio show. You went a different route. Other people wrote these little books and all their little woo-woo books and whatever, books about their life. Yeah. Who the fuck is this person? And I was complaining. And the girl finally turned to me and she said, well, why don't you just shut the fuck up and write your own book? And I promise you, like divine intervention, the title popped in my head. <laughs> so basically, Jesus wanted me to write this book. This I is, love it. Yeah, this is a religious book, basically. It just popped in my head, and I said to myself, and I looked to the universe, and I said, this is it? This is what you want me to write? This is the book? And I said, okay. And about two weeks later, I started. <laughs> so this book is based on divine intervention and assholism. I love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Plato. Plato quoted, I have a quote from Plato. He said, we're all assholes in someone's story. Yeah. I think that's very wise. I think that was Plato. Mm. He thinks it was Plato. Yeah. I misquote a lot of people. Did he use that word, assholes? Yeah. Well, the asshole's eternal. I mean, (laughs) the asshole dates back to the Sumerians. Yeah. I think the first Sumerian looked at the other Sumerian and said, what are you, a fucking asshole? (laughs) Here's what I like. So, you you give some sort of ground rules. (laughs) About like what it is to be an asshole, or like that you are well, food for thought, food for thought, yeah, or poop for thought, and poop for thought, and so Jimmy doesn't have an asshole's voice. That's that's what I do. Like I maybe I mean I don't know. I look at him; he looks like a really nice guy. Boy, you have been duped. I want to I want to hear more of like that asshole voice. What's, well, what's an all right? So this is what the book's doing. Go. We have to shift the paradigm and sort of the perspective of what an asshole is. Yeah. Now, and the premise of this book is because of all the shit that's been happening, all the woke culture, all the Karen shit, all the stuff where people have been stepped back and being quiet and saying putting up with stuff. Yeah. I think it's okay to be a bit of an asshole back now because it's about your individual freedom, right? It's about having your own voice and speaking up for it. Mm. And if it makes you a little bit of an asshole for speaking up for yourself, if it makes you a bit of an asshole for standing your ground, if it makes you an asshole for having your own opinion and perspective, then fine, I'm an asshole. Yeah. And, you know, so in that respect, a 12-year-old Girl Scout could be an asshole. Oh, And yeah. I can tell you a 12-year-old Girl Scout story where she was an asshole. I, yeah. I got duped by a 12-year-old Girl Scout. Those <laughs> <laughs> cookies are expensive now. No. This little fuck knocked on my door one day. She wasn't in her 
Girl Scout uniform out and I asked her. And I love those mint cookies. Who doesn't love the mint? Thin mints. They're, they're very good. Fucking delicious. Especially when they're in the freezer. I, and this is <laughs> right. This is back in like early nineties. I bought about twenty bucks. I gave this little fuck twenty bucks. She wrote my name down. Wow. The whole thing. The nineties. She was a fucking a scam artist. Mm. Wait, how old? Turns was? out she looked like about twelve, thirteen. She took my whole neighborhood for thousands. <laughs> She took the whole this little fuck. No thin mints for anybody. No thin mints. I was so I was like like motherfucker. Yeah, mother little fuck. That's, that's an asshole. She was a proper asshole. God that, bless her. She, but she's a brilliant asshole because she knew who's going to question me. And I said, shouldn't you be in uniform? She's like, oh yeah, we don't have to wear. So it. how does she qualify as a good or bad asshole compared yeah. to the narrative right. of the book? Now this, the that's a really good question. She's an asshole to me because she took 20 bucks of my money. But then again, I have to respect the fact that she had enough moxie to fuck the system back. Yeah. She knew. She probably took a good look at how the world worked. I don't know what her upbringing was. Maybe she's a wonderfully raised kid who just, you know, came up with a great shitty idea, right? Yeah. But I had to give her credit. I was like, wow, at this early age, she looked at how things work. She looked at the system. She looked at people's trust value. She looked at her... Uh, her station in life. I'm a 12 year old girl. Whatever. I'm a young girl. Who's going to question me? Who's yeah. going to think I'm not a Girl Scout? Yeah. And that's kind of brilliant. You know, she's probably working in politics now or something, <laughs> or government. Um, but I was actually really, as much as I was pissed, I look back now. I'm like, that girl was a fucking genius. I should adopt that kid. Yeah. I should adopt her. See. So but the I'm point like, is, is that every asshole is secretly a genius. Or yeah, genius. Or there's Everyone, a potential. Though? What's that? Everyone. I think there are levels. No, there I, think I think levels. there's. Look, like it's in the book. Like there's dumb assholes. There's dumb yeah. assholes. There's smart assholes. There's uh, douchebags. Yeah. Well, that's different. Those those are versus assholes. I want to get into <laughs> ass souls as ass-soul, well. Soul. The ass soul. Yeah. But so the some of the criteria in his uh, bullets about being an asshole. I'm an asshole because screwing authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't care about your bullshit feelings. Yeah, fuck that. Baseball is boring. It is fucking boring. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Totally agree with that. I'd rather watch grass grass dry. I will celebrate that. Thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, kid's first birthday. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I like porn is one of them that you put on there. <laughs> yeah. And I would challenge anyone who says, well, I don't. Now, I could see you eventually not liking porn. And if you don't like porn, it's probably because you delved so deep into it, you've burnt yourself out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You probably burnt yourself. You probably watched the entire internet's worth of porn, seen every ex-girlfriend you ever dated, which, and, may, and maybe a family member or two. Which I don't think should make you an asshole or not yeah. an asshole. Well, uh, again, this plays on the perspective of what the world sees. No, I agree, because the cat the, thing right. also is yeah. on here. Some Yeah. Everybody thinks cats. that yeah, I love cats. You love cats. You're so sweet to my cats. I love cats, and even Eric, the, the, who is a proper asshole. And I'm Eric. What's that, buddy? And I'm Eric. Okay, how you doing? You're joining the program. That's great. And I'm Eric. Oh, Aww. hold on a second. What do you? What else do you have to say? Hi, my name's Eric, and I'm Kevin, and you're listening to the Daily Echo on Radio Free oh, Brooklyn. Thank you, buddy. Nice Aww. to see you, Eric. Eric. So assholes are capable of love as well. Well, everyone's capable of love. Okay. The book gets very esoteric and very deep spiritually as well, believe it or not. It's not just, you know, silly little humor. Actually, mm-hmm. the point of the book is that if you are trying to live your life and be you, you, you are trying to connect to something greater. 
and there's so many things distracting us in this world and it's enough to make you an asshole right no one comes here to have a bad time right i think the point of living the point of being born into this third dimensional realm is to experience and enjoy life yeah and i think it's been hijacked by scumbags yeah. we look at the world around us and all politics aside because i can make it simple yeah it's all bullshit yeah it's all bullshit i'm the idea that some quote-unquote savior is going to come along and fix this every four years is fucking laughable at this point to yeah me. Uh, and that can have that argument go down the rabbit hole all day long, right? Yeah. Well, but but the yeah buts and the whatabouts. But sorry, this is a program about uh, American experience, right? And, and, cats. and and living experience. So I'm here to live my life and pursue my dreams and pursue my heart and my mind. But yet, you know, there's scumbags out there pulling the trigger on different things, and yeah. hence making me an asshole because it, it gets into us. It gets into our into our everyday. So you know, I have an asshole tattoo on my foot as well. <laughs> you do, I do. Well, you see, you are obsessed with assholes. Wow! So you um, do have an asshole on your foot. It's uh, it comes very close to home to me. I, I literally, I think very acutely about this whole topic. Yeah, you are you're triassholed. I am triassholed. <laughs> I have one. I have like one. I was born with one. Yeah, and you can actually play the asshole shell game. And then which I one's to, which? Yeah, you know. Oh, do I have a show game sound effect? No, I don't. Oh, damn. God damn it! Yeah, well, for the future. So, how long did it take you to write this book, Jimmy? Mm. Uh, I would say about a year and a half. I wrote it. I found this uh, woman, Iga Murzek. I hope I spelled. I said her name right. She's thanked in the books. I hired her to do the initial um, editing, but she did more than just editing because she's actually a really nice person. Hmm. so she she's kind of pulled asshole. no she's not really I mean maybe she is I don't know I never dated her I don't know <laughs> I never I don't think I ever really met her she was a friend of a friend and she lives in um, I think Arizona and um, she did like <clears throat> excuse me technical editing and also challenged a lot of the notions of the book hmm. sort of like a, uh, I don't know what you would call it um, uh, just challenging what yeah, I'm saying it's like a proper <clears throat> editor yeah and it was good and, and she's actually a really sweet nice woo woo type of person yeah <laughs> which was a good balance because i'm like i was going the book was even harsher than it was now she kind of helped mm. me bring it back to a balance and i have to give her credit for that she was really great that's cool yeah that's so that that would go back and forth so i would say about a year and a half year year and a half okay and then i found mindster publishing they are they're pretty good they're pretty good i won't get too much into them but yeah they you it's called hybrid publishing now which i Instead of them paying you money up front, you pay them and you keep all the money on the back end, mm. which I'm realizing now is, you know, better for them than me. <laughs> well, and t until today. Until today. Yes. Thanks the millions millions of people listening. Ta-da. That's right. So. Um, I want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. Well, we, we, well so we have three options. Sure. All right. I'll let you pick. I, uh, we could talk about peeing in the pool. We could. We can talk about all of them. Uh -oh. We can talk about all three. I don't know. That's like... Now, uh, we know who pees in the pool and is embarrassed by it. I'm just adding... Now we know who pees in the pool. I'm adding... And a, no, but... It, but And then I add the... And then I add the weighty topics. I'm just... I'm yeah. painting a picture, putting okay. on a radio program. So we could talk about peeing in the pool. Right. We could talk about World War II. We could talk about that. Yes. Or we could talk about 9-11. Mm. We'll talk about all three. See how the pool simple. See how I went. You're in the pool all day long. It's getting a little later. It's getting a little chillier. Do you really want to get out of the pool? Come on, Ricardo. Well, I mean, I think if you're an asshole, 
Right. It's an asshole thing to do. But then again, and there let's are imagine, levels. Let's talk about like how would you do it also matters. Well, you got various. Right? If you're by yourself, you just do it. Now, if you're in the pool with others, you got to do that little wading thing when you're walking across the entire pool. Let out little spurts okay. here and there. See, that's not an asshole. An asshole, I think, would actually would go to the people. Oh, you're talking about like, like standing over the pool and peeing in it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That's okay. an asshole. That's kind of a scumbag, though. <laughs> no, I'm talking about... Yeah, I noticed that you used a couple of words. You said scumbag and douchebag. Right. I, I so guess I did, if there's a chapter not. in there, I think it's an asshole by any other name is the chapter. I forget what number. Yeah. And it differentiates because we, we, we kind of... We got to draw the line. What's an asshole? What's a dick? What's a scumbag? What's yeah, a motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Okay. And uh, I think it's just, you know, if you're in the pool and you're nice and comfortable, why yeah. get all the way out of the pool, go all the way to the bathroom? I mean, you got <laughs> thousands of gallons of volume of water against your what? Five <laughs> ounces of pee? The, na- the name of the chapter, to be specific, is A Bunghole by oh, Any Other Name. A Bunghole by Any Other Name, right. Yeah. Okay. And it goes into, it compares the different, you know, lesser detrimental versions <laughs> of humanity against asshole. Uh, World War Two. I mentioned my dad in there a little bit. Yeah, you mentioned your dad in the book. Uh, did he, he served in World War Two? Yeah, my dad had me late in life. He was born in 1921. Oh wow! April 26, 1921. So he'd be what 103 now, 102. And uh, he went into World yeah. War Two when he was 17. And wow. uh, you know, it, it did his. I mean, he killed people. He took human life when he was 17. Yeah, think about that. Like he's. Wow. And I'm, a, I'm like a. Second generation Brooklynite, yeah, because he was, I think, born in Manhattan or here. God, what I was doing when I was seventeen. I know, right? Like the last thing I was thinking about doing is like jumping out of a fucking plane. I was being a little fucking asshole. Yeah, that's what I was being yeah, at seventeen. <laughs> Me too. And yeah. the reason we could be little assholes at seventeen is because of people. Because guys like my dad yeah. jumped out of planes at seventeen and killed Nazis. My dad was in the military as well. All right, so there I'm is. right there with you. So you uh, know, I give him praise, and he had his problems i mean he drank as you would if you know you started killing yeah. before the age of 20 yeah 17 yeah. and then he was in other conflicts i think uh korea stuff with vietnam bay of pigs he supposedly there's a he lot stayed of, in the military after that. well he stayed in government uh, and what we call the back channels so there's a lot of debate in my family what he actually did and there's no clear answer so it's kind of mm. you know a little uh, misunderstood what he did some people say the cia um well who knows it's a, it's a lot of cloudy stuff there with my dad well the 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 time that he spent in world war ii is like a no-brainer of like that is the one indisputable honorable nobody no-brainer everybody should have stepped up to fight that war like right there's no discussion right um, now i'll get like, why that war started who was truly behind it that's a whole other bag yeah, but the the trigger was pulled, and there was millions of people being slaughtered. Yeah, you know, and my dad was that generation. Yeah, it's badass. And it was badass, and even to the day he died, he died at seventy seven years of age, right? And he, I get a call. He lived in Pennsylvania, and the uh, neighbor said, "You know, your dad's in the hospital. He had some kind of attack in his intestinal area. They detoxed him, all this stuff. He was put under." Mm. I went to visit him. Yeah, I was going back and forth between here and Pennsylvania. And one morning, I was going there for like a week or so. I get a phone call. It's him. He's like, what are you doing in the house? I'm like, Dad? And I got on the phone with the doctor. He's like, yeah, your dad just popped out of it. He popped out of the you know, the induced coma. Wow. And then when we started talking about um, 
you know, take care of him, old age homes, home health aids. He looked at me, he goes, I'm a veteran of three wars and four revolutions, gave me the finger and said, <laughs> nobody's wiping my ass for me. <laughs> and when I tell you they had to do one surgery to, to sew his perforated colon, running, you know, not the most difficult surgery, he wouldn't come out of the, uh, the what do you call it, the anesthesia. Huh? And everyone wow. says, your dad willed himself to die. Wow. So he said, I'm out. And I was like, I have to respect that. He did not want to be wow. a burden. He did not want to be a... Uh, uh, an invalid like he didn't want to be wow. on someone else's uh, care so I think yeah. and I really believe that. I think he just said I'm out so she, no thank you yeah and which again is indicative of that sort of mindset of that generation he's a badass wow yeah the old man mm. that's cool well I'm glad that I asked I, and I'll, I'll tell you a little story please I was in the mid 90s I started training a lot of jujitsu. I was studying and training jujitsu, right and part of my journey that people might say I'm a quote unquote conspiracy theorist I'm hanging out and training with a lot of these military guys and police guys, right? And they're warning me about a lot of shit that's coming at this point, back in like 96, 97. Right. And they're talking about the Illuminati. They're talking about the Freemasons. They're giving me books to read. All these And I'm getting into it. I'm like, holy shit. And I remember it was one day I was up in Pennsylvania visiting my dad. And I asked him about the Freemasons. I said, Dad, I'm hanging out with all these dudes. You know, my one sensei was a correctional officer of Rikers. His brother-in-law is a Navy SEAL. Yeah. Like some serious dudes, right? Yeah. And they're telling me some deep shit. I said, Dad, like the Freemasons, you know, I'm learning all about it. He looked, I said, you know anything about that? He looked at me and goes, nah, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> he died January 23rd, 1999. A month or so later, I'm cleaning out his stuff. His dresser drawer, right? The dresser drawer, right? In your bedroom, top drawer. Not up in an attic or in a basement, tucked away. Uh, in like a, a chest somewhere underneath a bunch right. of stuff you might have forgotten. A forgettable about. thing. Right. Yeah. I open the door and I see this scroll. Mm. What the fuck is this? I open up it up like a tube. I pull out the apron, the Freemason apron, and it's induction papers to the top of the world club wow. in 1959. Our brother, James Pravacillus, same name, and he was a, he was a Mason. I found the, the third degree Mason Bible written in code. And I was just like, whoa. Like, he, wow. stro- he lied right to my face. And I've asked Masons about it, and they said, yeah, your dad came from that generation where it was very, very clandestine. And you don't tell people you're a Mason. Mm. It's only like a secretive thing. Nowadays, it's far more, accept- you know, hmm. open. And that freaked me out. That, you know, if I had any inclination to dig deep into like, what goes on in the world, that was one of the catalysts after that. Huh. I don't know the stories of my my dad's military experience really? really at all. What branch? Army. And you know, people put down the. I don't put down the army. They don't make it sound as badass as it is. But yeah. a lot of intelligence stuff goes through the army. Yeah. Well, I, I won't get into it on on the air. But he he yeah he was over because we don't want to die. We don't want a sniper shooting us through the window. He, he, is he, someone gonna follow me? He did a good he did a good job. Um, oh, good fam. He, he, he worked hard for a long time in the military, and I have a soft spot for anybody that was a part of that uh, journey. Yeah, so yeah, you're, same. you're a military brat as well. Yeah. And I didn't know that about you, but I also love that you were... Uh, were you born and raised Brooklyn, or were you just I mean, yeah, 70s I mean, and 80s Brooklyn? No, I was born and raised. Um, so I was born in Manhattan, to be technical, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lenox Hill Hospital. But yeah, I came home to Brooklyn. My Good. parents lived in Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm from Bay Ridge. And I'm true. I'm a true what we call Bay Original. <laughs> yeah, <because laughs> the, um, I like that. 
Yeah, my dad's family. Ta-da! In case the accent didn't give it away. Yeah, right. What accent? <laughs> Fucking accent are you talking about? That's more Bensonhurst. Anyway, um, yeah, that, my family, my dad's family moved there in like the early 60s. I was born in 69. And, uh, yeah, so I'm born and raised Brooklyn, Bay Ridge. Yeah. Yeah, been there my whole life. Um, so the other part of your... Hmm. The other part of the New York experience that was mentioned in the book that I think is interesting to talk about, if mm -hmm. I'm just trying to pull out yeah. stories. Ask anything. I got tons of them. Yeah, is 9-11. 9-11, sure. Yeah. Is, what, what was that day so, like? You oh, know? man. So I was... Where uh, were you? What, I was at home. I was... Where was home? Oh, in Bay Ridge. Bay Ridge. And I had an ex-girlfriend staying over, right? We, my mom calls. This is when she was alive. Both my parents have died, right? Um, and my dad had already died because he died in 99. This happened in 2001. My mom passed away in 2003. Okay. So she called me. She's like, like you know, excited. Oh, my God, they hit the Twin Towers. Now we know in 91 there was a terrorist attack, right? Yeah. Right. So we'll go turn on the TV and a plane hit and then another plane hit. We know all that. And... And it's also, at this point, I've read and studied a lot of quote-unquote conspiracy theory. Well, Alan Cooper's book, Behold the Pale Horse, all this stuff. I know. was just more, like, it sounds like you were there. I like, was there, but let me tell you why. I got there. So all that stuff's in my head. It's like, holy shit, what's going on? Was this stuff I've read about? Is this a real thing? It's maybe a couple of days later, and it's a stunning thing. Like, the thing, the day that really hit everybody was mm. um, September 12th. Yeah. That was the day everybody woke up and said, it wasn't a nightmare. This is really happening. You could smell it in the air. Yeah. I can't imagine being you a New Yorker at that time. Pieces of paper. I don't know if anyone if anyone's listening and they were there or like they were around New York City, especially in like downtown Brooklyn and yeah. actually I even out into Jersey. That's what I'm trying to imagine. Yeah, there was being pieces, a New Yorker at that time. There was pieces of paper in the air for days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Floating around like soot. Yeah. It like it, it did not just stay in ground zero area area. Yeah. It was it was floating everywhere. And then Marty Golden, who I knew for years, he owned the Bay Ridge Manor down the block from me. I used to work for him when I was a kid as a, like a, wait, a bus boy. Okay. He became a senator, Senator Marty Golden. And he was doing a food drive right away, but like maybe like four days later, um, he was doing a food drive. I walked down there to his like office. And they had tons of people there bringing you know, supplies and everything. I said, hey, Marty, what can I do, man? He's like, Jimmy. He goes, we're going to drive some food down to Ground Zero. You want to go? I said, wow. yeah, let's do it. So a few trucks. We get yeah. in like these uh, SUVs. We bring all this food. We go down there. We go through the battery tunnel. We come out the back end by Battery Park City. And we turn the corner. And then you see the wreckage. And I was like, it, it looked like a movie set. And I'll mm. tell you a little story about Universal Studios after that. that yeah, please. I had like a PTSD moment. Yeah. And your eyes just don't hit it like you, you can imagine and i can only just imagine what a lot of people who've been in combat been in terrorist you know, countries with a lot of like war sure like i'm looking at the twin towers i've been watching since i was a kid yeah seeing since i was a child leveled it looked like the best way i could look describe it looked like you know when a candle burns down all the way to the end yeah it was just like what well, the last few floors left and all the rubble mm. we get out we drop the food off and i just turn them so i'm staying and they said, you sure? I said, yeah, I'm staying. And they said, well... This is like how many days after? Four or five days. Fuck. Okay. It's like the only thing they've done was cleared enough to put 
uh, heavy moving machines in, like little roadways. Yeah, yeah. They didn't really move anything. The piles it's, of... It's literally just the aftermath. It's literally the aftermath. And then people just working vigorously, like just really still going people out. under there, yeah. Right, okay. there's still yeah. people alive, aye, right? Aye, 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 so aye, I aye. said, I'm staying. And they said to me, aye, well, aye, aye. just so you know, this is still considered a crime scene, so you're going to have to... You can't just walk off. They're going to stop you. And I said, I'll figure a way off. And I stayed there for about a full day or so, maybe two days. Uh, like, you don't even know time. Time just stood still. And I saw shit I can't unsee. Hmm. At, one, at first, I was helping the, the Salvation Army. I want to give a big shout-out to the Salvation Army. They were on the grounds, man. And I won't put any other um, organizations down, but they were there. Yeah, They're, like, in the thick of it. And they're, like, really nice people. They're ministers. Cool. I was helping them at first. But then I'm just like, they were moving buckets of soot and everything by hand. They were digging things out by hand, so I was helping with that. Yeah. I was running around doing different things. At one point, I'm helping put up a, a crime scene unit tent, a tent where they could take pictures of stuff. They had to take a picture of every single organic part. Yeah. And at one point, these two dudes with like mm. a big like bucket, I want to say, put the mat down and put up that, and they dumped this on the thing. And it looked like a big snake filled with soot. Uh. And I'm like, who brought a snake to work? Uh, like maybe some big executive had a snake tank. Uh, no. It was intestines. Uh, it was somebody's insides. And I was just like, I stood at it and I froze. And, the, and a smell hit you. And the dude was like, yeah, man, you might see some of that. The guy was helping put the tent. And then I saw like a foot sticking out of so they, they would, If they saw a potential body part, um, they would spray paint a circle around it. That's tough, yeah. It was, And I saw things like a fire truck twisted like a zip tie like a twist tie it was just like stuff that you, you only see in movies yeah and you, you have to actually stare at it and let it like oof, like hit you yeah like am i really seeing that yeah yeah and i ran into a buddy of mine chris connor i don't know if chris is listening but he's an old friend of mine from high school he was a fireman he had just ran out of the building as it was coming down wow where the soot took him like a wave uh, yeah, it was a really intense time, man. You know, hmm. really intense. Yeah, my father was supposed to be meeting people in the Pentagon at the time. Oh wow! And so I got like the other side of the mm -hmm. experience where I was worried about my dad uh, being yeah. okay there, and then sure. and then he did the thing like in the, in the days after, similar to what you did. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's fine to talk about. Uh, yeah, I think it's fine. Uh, and so, uh, so, so yeah, so he did like the aftermath right. stuff too. Somebody had to, like, you can't just, you couldn't rely on just EMS. It wasn't but enough. But I just remember there being conversations about difficult, you know, moments with, you know, like y y you don't, you don't know what's happening anymore. And yeah, it, it was a real shock. It was a shock. Yeah, I'll just leave it. Yeah, vague. it's heavy. But yeah, it's and like so, what was it? Twenty-two years later yeah, now. Yeah. Almost. Wow. And no, it's so heavy. It and was, if you were there, if you like a New Yorker. No, I mean it's heavy. You you know it's it, this is not a big part of your book, but it's a big part of you as a person, I, I, I think. Well, and so I wanted to bring thank it up. You, you know, and thank you for bringing it up because it's it is a quick mention in the book. Just given I, I in part of the book, I kind of mentioned my. The things I dealt with. It's actually kind of funny the way it turns out. Yeah. I think it's chapter four. I yeah. Do it. And uh, I talk about how people who were reading the book as I was writing it give me some feedback. Like, you should be a little softer. So I do this whole thing about me. <laughs> and then I end it with something funny. Oh, it's actually chapter three. I talk about how the asshole's in the wrong place. 
Because, I mean, and think about it. Like, I think, you know, nature fucked up. Like, why would you put the stinkiest, dirtiest part of the body <laughs> where you can't see it or barely reach it to clean? Makes no fucking sense. I think Ricardo's... You're really contemplating that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> he's giving it a good thought. Yeah, he's giving it a thought. I'm thinking about Picture it now, not. too, though. Hold on. So... I'm thinking about my cleaning process right now. Well, right. it just went from 9-11 to like Assholes. where my ass We're is. jumping around a little bit. Yeah, that's bit. how my book works, though. So <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, he was in a deep, like, <laughs> emotional moment. And I just told him his <laughs> asshole was in the wrong place. Yes. And Should the book the does front? that. That's, that's in the front? I, I would yeah, well yeah I, I postulate in the book that it should be where the belly button is doesn't it make perfect sense oh whoa yeah and I we can all lean on like a nice cushion table I guess you could yeah you could just like squeeze your belly button and yeah we can hold hands it doesn't have to be so like a naked thing we could just be on a table you could rub it yeah we could have conversations have a little poetry readings how would you uh, excrete you would just sort of lean over the toilet well it wouldn't be a toilet so much anymore now would it we would be no toilets but wh- how would you? You could have like a little, po- like a a, a a post or something with a cushion. You just lean into it, you relax, like a like a what do you call it? <laughs> I think, relax. I think I like the sit down operation. I think. Well, that's because you're only used to it. <laughs> you know, it's the devil. You know. It's it's yeah. I love but what it. if, what if you have? Well, I don't know, go with the words. Come on, come on. Well, then ask them, man. What if you're laying down? <laughs> well, what if you're sitting down? Like if you, you're just like far, you. Basically, you're like. Right. It's all answered in the book, by the way. Well, if yeah. you're worried about a misfire, no, but this is what we're doing. Is yeah. we're selling books. We're it's selling called books. the asshole's guide down, and you the asshole's like guide to everyday living. Right. Yeah. If I you had diarrhea and well, you're sitting uh, down, how would it like? Well, what do you mean? Like if you had diarrhea? Your shirt. Yeah. Well, you have the poop patch. A new industry is born. <laughs> Create the poop patch. A poop patch. you know appropriately colored, you know, different skin tone colors, and okay, okay. it goes over there, just like you wear underwear, just like you wear suppositories or whatever. Mm. I mean, every every concern you have now is the same concern you have for your underwear. What about your um? Good. Yeah. What about your dick? What if like it falls into your dick? It's it falls. Like the shit falls on your dick. Yeah. All right. What if you pee down your leg? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I mean, a reasonable look, question. I'm not saying we all go get asshole reassignment <laughs> surgery today. I'm just saying, and I say it in the book. If you know. If there's going to be some genetically modifications of the human body, you just might want to consider this. So, all right. So the other thing that's mentioned in the book a few times. Okay. Yeah. Aliens. Yes. Ooh. I Do love they aliens. have assholes? I don't know. I never met one. So. The real question is, are they assholes? Ah. Uh, so I guess, so my first question are. is for you, Ricardo. Do that's you, universal. Do you believe that there are aliens? I want to figure. I want to. I want to know the room that I'm speaking with first of all. Well, I believe if there are, they're assholes. No, all of them. In all seriousness, do you think? <laughs> so okay. So uh, I'll go one step further. There are unidentified flying objects that have been identified by our federal government, uh, flying. I think off of the uh, coast of the Atlantic Ocean and California. Oh, and California. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and we've seen these things that are inexplicable. So yeah. so there are, there's there's uh, video that has been released by the government, the Navy, yeah, that yeah, we can't explain. Yeah, but even sure, setting aside I that, believe in that. So I believe they're all Russians. So that's my que- Okay, so my first question is: Is do you do you? Okay, so you <laughs> believe it's you believe it's not. So you don't believe in aliens. 
I don't believe it's extraterrestrial. You don't believe that the references that I gave are extraterrestrial? Yes. But what did you what do you believe about the larger possibilities of extraterrestrial? Of course it exists. Whether it hasn't come to Earth, I have my doubts. Okay. Okay. That's a Good. fair assessment. I like it. And then now for you. Oh boy. So uh I'm 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 bought and sold hook like it. So maybe so, they do have Ascal <coughs> Cinder by least. So I so here's what I think for the listeners is that I when I watch these videos and I read the articles that were released by the government, what I'm led to believe if I'm reading it correctly is that they don't know how to describe the physics of mm -hmm. what these objects are doing right. directionally and in speed. So they're moving they're moving in ways quickly and up, down, left, yes. right in ways that we don't understand. And, and that no human could stand the G forces. Yeah. I think the best pilots in the world can probably stand up to like eight G's maybe, maybe one or two more. But these things are also very small. Yeah, they could oh. be drones. They could knows. be drones. So 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 with that I say to you Yes. I believe that aliens are real. It sounds like you think that they exist somewhere and they're doing their own thing. Yeah. I think uh, if they would have come to Earth, I don't think they would just be like playing around for like decades. I will go on a limb and also say that these little inexplicable flying objects mm -hmm. that I think that they are man-made competitors of ours that are trying to up the capitalist uh, ladder possibly uh, but I think that it's naive for us to think that we're the only yeah. uh, intelligent life form on like they, we've we've found organisms on on the the closest planet right Mars yeah so. and now what we're finding I'll take it to a little bit of a left direction in that please we are finding monolithic um, sites that predate what we think civilization is now when we look at the sumerian text right it's written in, the first written text that we know of our civilization is the, uh what they call the sumerian cuneiform text number one they have a relief in a wall this is remember six thousand years ago of the our our solar system now how the fuck do they know what our solar system looks like with the planets intact mm. and sorry neil Grice and Tyson, whatever his name is, they have Pluto as a planet. Right. Um, and they refer to Earth as the seventh planet, not the third planet, which is a reference that you're coming from outer space towards the sun as, a, as opposed to the other way around. Mm. Um, I've seen craft when I was younger with adults, so it wasn't just some little kid's imagination. I really do believe a lot of it in terms of, I think they've been coming here for millennia possibly a million years let's look at this way the egyptians talk about it the sumerians talk about the sumerians called them anunnaki i forget what this egyptians called the ananu something like that and they talked about a species that came from the heavens anunnaki means in sumerian those above the heavens right they came about four hundred thousand years ago humans come on the scene about two hundred thousand years ago and they talk about how they tampered with the um the, the, the species at the time, not uh, what were they called? Um, hominids, I think. Yeah, I think it was hominid species. Yeah. And they came here to mine gold. This is their story. And they needed more help because they're from a planet called Nibiru, which has a 3,500-year elliptical around our sun. 
Maybe 20 years ago, we found a planet we call Planet X, and guess what? Has a 3,500-year elliptical around our sun. Now, mind you, I'm not an expert on this. I'm just giving you information that I've found myself. Sure. And it all sort of lines up. Like Everything that they're talking about 6,000 years ago is starting to line up. Humans come on the scene 200,000 years ago. Yeah. Like, out of nowhere. Right? We're all like, unga, bunga, unga, bunga, boom, first civilization, right, Sumerians. You don't see a big crescendo in civilization. Like, going from, like, the first to this, the first to that. Sumerians pop on the scene, and they say, we were taught this by this species of people. Yep. And... It makes it answers a lot of questions that science gets stuck in the mud about, and it's like seriously, how arrogant do we have to be that we are so human centric that we can't say that? Well, wait a minute, maybe species have visited here before, left us with information and technology, and 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 at this point they could be amongst us. That part I don't know. That's the part I sit on the fence of. You know, like, oh, interesting. <clears throat> like you know, like supposedly Eisenhower had a, a meeting with them because he disappeared for three days you know eisenhower uh, was like yeah nowhere to be found for three days yeah I don't, like that kind of stuff i don't believe that stuff who knows i mean i leave an open door for that because look look at all the ufo signs when did they happen when fat boy and uh was it big boy and fat boy the when we did the nuclear testing i don't know but back you, in 40 what do you but what do you think of the most recent stuff the the sightings yeah that I think it might be technology that we, if we, if it did, if they have had contact with us in the last hundred years, it could very well be us messing with their technology. No, but hold on, specifically. <clears throat> no, I think I think you're onto something. With that. I think it is secret programs messing around, and people are seeing it. Because look, Robert, everyone thought the stealth yeah. fighter was a UFO until they came out and said, "Nope, it's just a stealth yeah. fighter." So, because yeah. I look at it this way, at this point, with the way the world is now. If there are, if there is inter- extraterrestrial contact, I think at this point they're just coming. They're not going like, to play around anymore. Yeah, they're no, not I, gonna, like they're not playing peekaboo with us anymore. Oh, oh, who's here? We've got a visitor. Uh, yeah. I feel let, like I'm on. Let side. me uh, let me take a moment. Uh, it might be our third guest, Uh-oh. but that would be annoying because I would have preferred to have received that message over text. Um, oh, Anyone I, I know? Uh, hold on. I, no, nobody you know. He's here. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me play a song. Let's get settled and uh, we will continue the conversation and then we will say hello to Alva on the program that comes on after hours. Uh, so let's Let's see, let's see. Boom.
reach deep into the hole Heal your shrinking soul But there won't be a single thing that you can do He's a god, he's a man, he's a ghost, he's a guru They're whispering his name through this disappearing land But hidden in his coat is a red right hand mic working so let's try yours out mike how's my mic oh it's working just swimmingly that's great we uh we don't have time to talk to you for very long because we have to say hi to alva who will be on the program after us i'm sure is much more interesting than i am so but 
but before we uh, change uh, gears, I want to say to Jimmy, I've missed you, my friend. Thank you. I missed you, too. And it's good to see you. You as well, always. Thank you for having me. uh, Jimmy has a book called The Asshole's Guide to Everyday Living. Uh, If you want to know what's going on about the book, there's some big words in this. Take your time. Sound it out. (sighs) The alien's asshole. A satirical yet real perspective on individual individualism sovereignty spiritualism and social discourse through the eyes and ears of the every man woman they it them mammal that anybody that hates or tastes uh, that hates the taste of kale or has no time or patience for kundalini Thank you. You're welcome. Breathing exercises. <laughs> is just trying to get through life with minimal damage and is is it's getting through life with as minimal damage as possible in this new normal. That is the target audience for the book. Mm-hmm. Thank you for reading that. And if you're looking to buy it, please, it's at uh, Amazon, of course, The Asshole's Guide to Everyday Living. It's on Barnes & Noble, The yep. Asshole's Guide to Everyday Living. And... If you love the sound of my non-asshole voice, according to Ricardo, uh, it's an audible. We have a I have you have a, a lovely oh. voice. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you yeah, did the audio book. I have the audio book on Audible. Nice. And uh, check that out if you want to have my ears in your brain or my voice in your ears. One if, or the other. If you want an autographed <laughs> copy of the book, yes, I am going to beg you to autograph. Uh, Sure. And a very earmarked copy of the book because <laughs> I did I did go through it and make some uh, earmarks and I which actually, I think is cool. I think is cool. Thank you. So I mean, that's that's a sign that you actually looked at it. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool looking book. I think it, it's got it's got uh, ink in it too. Also, you can see I actually oh cool. I actually drew. Yeah, you're not in, afraid to touch the book. All right, and drew in the book. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get an autograph. If okay. anybody wants to call in, you can, and we'll give you uh, the Uh-oh. book today or another day. So feel free to do that if you so choose. Tell us your asshole stories. Yeah, tell us why you're an asshole. And uh, and yeah, we're getting ready to join. Uh, we're getting ready to do a handoff. So I'm going to help facilitate that handoff right now, and let's see how we do. The number you have reached is not. Oh good. no! Please so check the number. It's not going good out the gates. Asshole voice. All right. So I tried to call Alva. Alva, I'm going to just talk you up instead, and we'll figure out the kinks in the future. Uh, it's probably on my end. But uh, for the last five weeks. We have been playing replays, and the replays have hyped up a show that is no longer broadcasting after our program. Oh no! So I'm big ass. I'm a big asshole. You're the asshole. <laughs> See? See how easy it is to be an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Not even trying. I'm not even trying, and I'm sometimes a huge, the assholeism just falls. I'm in your a lap. huge fucking asshole. Do you yeah. think everyone is an asshole? I well, That's no. I mean, I think. Degree. I mean, probably everyone has the potential to be an asshole, and I think. Being an asshole at this point in our history is sort of a compliment, as opposed to what? 
you know, a um, compliant person, mm. an idiot, you know, a fool. No, I'd rather be an asshole. Well, you're talking to somebody that has two tattoos of assholes. And a real asshole. And I have a real asshole. You should have a scratch and sniff on your tattoos. Everyone here has one real asshole, so we don't need to point out my real asshole. But I have two tattoos of assholes that remind me to not be an asshole. Asshole. Uh, And I fail epically all the time. Um, The program after us is called Vibe Architect. And uh, I'm going to celebrate it so much that it's going to get annoying to Alva. So I apologize to her in advance. Uh, I'm also going to try to dupe her into joining our program. Yeah. Which is going to cause a whole ruckus because she broadcasts live from the studios of Radio Free Brooklyn. And I want her to come sit on my couch. (laughs) Let's do a joint program for four hours. I think Eric's eating your headphones. So we're going to do a combined program. Eric is going to, is he eating something? Can someone control that? Yeah, take a risk. Don't lose your finger. Uh, Thank you. Uh, and, uh, And all right, well... We've got cat problems. Uh, we wanted to say hi to Alva, but we are not going to do that today uh, due to technical difficulties. But I do want to loudly celebrate the fact that Vibe Architect is next. And we have failed to mention that for weeks because we've been on replay. So Vi- Vibe Architects coming up next. Don't be mad. Uh, want you to be on my show so hopefully you can uh, be amicable to that as I wear you down in the long term but for now we're going to say goodbye and with that everybody I wish you would do Mike any fair any any words of wisdom that you would like to bestow upon the people of the planet earth well, put, put, put me on the spot here huh? you have the microphone the mic has the mic no I'm, I'm good we have we have we have uh, the most popular program on uh, talk radio on Radio Free Brooklyn Wait, how many people are listening right now I, I can't tell you that number but what I would like <laughs> you to do thousands. is to bestow upon them some words of Hundreds wisdom of thousands just be cool man just be don't cool, be an man. asshole don't no be, be an asshole, be an asshole. <laughs> buy the manual for assholes Amazon and Barnes and Noble there we go. <laughs> All right. Softball. That's it. Jimmy. Yes, sir. Say goodbye to everybody for us. Goodbye, everybody. Please check out my book, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, audio books on Audible, The Asshole's Guide to Everyday Living. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. It's been fun. I'm going to go watch Jam Band with Mike. We're going to have some fun. If you go Woo. away. Good night. On this summer day, then you might as well take the sun away. All the birds that flew in the summer sky when our love was new and our hearts were high. And the day was young and the night was long and The moon stood still for the night bird's song If you go away, if you go away, if you go away
But if you stay, I'll make you a day Like no day has been or will be again We'll sail the sun, we'll ride on the rain And talk to the trees and worship the wind And if you go, I'll understand Just enough love to fill up my hand If you go away, if you go away If you go away If you go away As I know you will, you must tell the world To stop turning, turning Till you return again If you ever do for What good is love Without loving you Can I tell you now As you turn to go I'll be dying slowly Till the next hello If you go away If you go away If you go away But if you stay I'll make you a night Like no night has been Or will be again I'll sail on your smile, I'll ride on your touch I'll talk to your eyes that I love so much Then if you go, I won't cry Though the good is gone from the word goodbye If you go away, if you go away, if you... If you go away